the Sunshine Patriot in a Crisis shrinks from the service of their country. Winter is coming, and we know what is coming with it. No matter your current position on the journey, stay a while. This is where you can find the tools and the fire to continue on your path. Hello, welcome to another episode of Winter's Call Podcast. I'm Odin. And this is Deer. And today we're going to talk about, we're going to wax philosophical, blah, 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 blah. Ooh, not enough caffeine, I can tell. <laughs> Hold on, we better recharge, because if you're acting like that, I'm going to need some. <laughs> we're going to we're gonna do some deeper thoughts. But first, let's talk about the Ukraine. Speaking of deeper thoughts, Ukraine-Russian uh, scenario. We know that everybody's lying to us. Uh, I, uh, think that, uh, Putin, Mr. Putin is, uh, playing a larger game than most people are totally aware of. And I believe Ukraine is part of that. I think the U S is playing both sides of the aisle and they don't care about us little people at all. Have you ever heard of the band tattoo? Uh, no. It's a Russian band. Interestingly enough, I just uh, off key, but it's a Russian band, and they have a song. Uh, and, and one of the lyrics says, "They don't really care about us. They don't care about you and me. They don't care about what we want to be." Anyway, it made me think about it when we were talking about it earlier. I was like, "Good God, everybody's fucking lying." Like we see what happens on the floor, on, on the ground, right? We've seen a lot right. of live video, a lot of video that we can trust for lack of a better way of saying, because it's the, the right the fuck there. And then you turn around, you also realize that anything you get from Russia or Ukrainian news or even American news is all fucking propaganda. It's all played on a certain side. You know, did you watch a lot of news back during the first Gulf War? No, I, I haven't watched news in years. Well, the first Gulf War back in 92, 93 time frame or 90, 91 time frame. Right. And then the fly, the enforcement of the fly zones after that, all of those stories. Go ahead. I, I was, I was born in 91. Ah, well, that. that <laughs> so, so, so we grew up watching, or I grew up watching, you know, during my, my teenage years, right. Watching us go to war. You know, where there was the threat of the Cold War, right? There was the propaganda that we were told, you know, that happened. And there was some bad shit that happened. But at the same time, there was bad shit for us. Like, uh, the first news story that I ever remember sitting down to watch was the uh, bombing of the barracks in uh, Beirut. Right? And then, you know... There were a bunch of uh, super patriotic movies. Everybody wanted to be a SEAL. That's when Charlie Sheen was a SEAL. And you had Top Gun and you had all those types of movies. That was that rah-rah, you know, we're going to beat the Russians in the Cold War. Black Hawk Down. Well, that was later, but yeah. Because that incident happened later, right? And you would you would get these movies, uh, you know, 
my childhood is defined not by the type of music, but mine was defined by the war movies that came out as I was growing up, right? And when we could see the fighting that happened over there, CNN, Fox News, well, I don't even think Fox News was there, but CNN and all of the news stations that gave you all this, you know, soldiers passing out chocolate and, you know, were there as liberators and <clears throat> then you join the military and go over there. It's not necessarily wrong, but it's stretched, right? And I was already in the military. And already uh, out to see when 9-11 happened. Right? And the number of people that joined the military after 9-11 because they were told that it was this patriotic, righteous cause, that we were going to track them down. And, you know, George W. Bush and his mission accomplished speech on the deck of an aircraft carrier, all of those things were epic and they they shaped a certain perception that america is this righteous and now you sit back and you watch afghanistan you sit here and you watch what happened you know while people were paying attention to the russia ukraine that the united states bombed another country right that you sit here and you realize that maybe we're not always we're not necessarily bad guys but we're not necessarily good guys Remember that statement that I made the other day? It's like I'm not a good I'm not a good guy, I'm a bad guy that does bad things to bad people for the right reasons. Yeah. That's kind of the attitude of the United States in a lot of ways, I think. Now some of the you know, I'm a big I have been accused of being not necessarily a jinx, but of a conspiracy theory type person. And there are some theories that it just hurts my heart to think. Like, the 9-11 was an inside job to lead us into war. But as you sit here and you look at the papers and you look at the documents and you look at those types of things, that you realize that we weren't given an honest story. But if you go back farther in history, it's like the the rumor mill about how we knew that Japan was coming to attack that the lives who died. And I think the reason that it hits me so hard, especially in the 9-11 one and the Afghanistan and Iraq is because I had friends I lost there, you know, brothers, family that I lost there. And it's like, did it mean nothing? You know, I, I don't talk about the fact that I'm a hundred percent service connected disabled, that I lost my eye. Right, I lost my vision. I lost a lot of myself in that in that theater. Right, that I don't I don't talk about the shit I saw or the shit I did because it's nobody's business but my own. Right, but when people start to talk about conspiracy theories and then it starts to feel like it was all for nothing, that I I threw it away for something that at the time I honestly and truly believed in, you know. And so now I look at the news with a very skeptic eye that everybody's lying to me to get me to believe and feel a certain way. And it just drives me crazy when you see it, you get those people that are like, that were me at 18 years old, right? 
I'm getting some. I'm going to the military. Yo. And uh, I'm going to be the good guys. I want to be the defender of freedom. And then 30 years later, 20 years later, 25, fuck, 25 years later. <laughs> I don't feel that same way. And, it, you know, it, it, I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> Well, I think at a certain point, if you study history at all, you realize that the most important weapon in war is not the soldier. It is not the 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 actual weapons. It's propaganda. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I mean, like, I grew up on stories from my grandfathers who told me stories about World War II. You know, that it was a just cause, that we were there to defeat this great big bag evil. And then Vietnam, yeah, and then my grandfather's carried into Korea, and Mm. it wasn't quite the same. And then my father was Vietnam, and there was no, they talked about the brotherhood, but they didn't really talk about the conflict, right, and how they weren't welcomed back. And, you know, they all said, oh, you're just, you know, you're, you just better be glad that you didn't get the negative, <clears throat> you didn't get the negative uh, stigma when you came back. I said, you realize that when I was in the hospital and walked out of the hospital after my brain surgery for the tumor that had developed in my brain because of a traumatic brain injury, Right. A tumor that had risen in my brain. Right when I walked out of Walter Reed Medical Hospital, that I got spit on by Code Pink people and called a baby killer. So I know a little bit about that. At the time in two thousand four, right that that patriotic high that America was on was gone, and the military were the bad guys. And I just. But I'll tell you what, the most humbled I ever was is when I finally got my surgery over in Bethesda. Like, they sent me to Walter Reed, and I got all the tests and stuff, and then they sent me over to Bethesda. And because all of the, or the majority of the doctors who worked, who did brain surgery were deployed. And, uh, or they were on hospital ships, right? And uh, so I got... I got the head neurosurgeon. He was a reservist. The head neurosurgeon from the state of Kentucky. Some old grizzled white guy. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like Kentucky. And I, I sit here and, and he goes, you're not afraid of uh, the brain surgery? And I said, I figure I've been through, you know, I've been through it already. You know, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. He goes, really? You're not worried about it? He spoke with a with a really deep accent. I said, look, I'm gonna be honest with you. As long, you know, to quote Jeff Foxworthy, as long as you don't see, sit here and come in and go, all right. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna cut the top of your head clean off. Then we're gonna fiddle it with this stick. I said, as long as you ain't giving me that speech, I'm cool with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Uh, I, I was waiting for him to mess with me but after I told him that. He just chuckled and he goes, well, we'll see. So <laughs> <laughs> That's almost worse. <laughs> so, so, uh, so 
now when I look at a military conflict, I don't just look at it from the viewpoint of the United States or the parties that are fighting. Right? I look at it from the people who have nothing to gain who report on it. You know, India is a good source of news. They don't have a side one way or the other. Right? Turkish news, they don't have it. Al Jazeera, believe it or not, doesn't have I was a say that's one of my biggest ones is Al Jazeera because they're usually pretty fucking honest about it. Now, like RT, yo, I know that that's a bad word now, but RT, when it came to news inside of the United States, was way more accurate than ours, right? But now, you know, we sit here and we've made friends with people in intelligence community and we've made friends with people who have some inside knowledge, people who are on the ground. And I realize how lied to we were. You know, I mean, I've, I've known for a while, but I mean, in this particular conflict, you know, the the ghost of Kiev, the 13 soldiers on Snake Island, the Miss Ukraine, right? That Those types of stories, which are, are great stories and they build morale up. And I don't think necessarily they should be, you know, you should sit here and smash them down because any country at war has those types of stories that build them up, right? But, uh, so, when I came across the fact, a story that said that CNN and other news agencies were asking the people who were taking footage on the ground to leave their geolocation information in the videos by claiming that they wanted to give credit and then hearing that half an hour to 45 minutes later, those sites were bombed, killing those citizen journalists. It made me wonder. So I went and I did some checking around. And all the way back in 2016, Russia has been using that geo-targeting information to sit here and to bomb where it was filmed at. Because you were basically giving the information. So that, you know, that just breeds that distrust of the media even more, right? Why would you ask them? I understand it's for credit and everybody wants to be famous nowadays, but I would rather be alive than famous. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and, and it makes you wonder from time to time if they did it on purpose or if they just didn't realize. But, you know, once, once is, you know, okay. Twice may be a coincidence, but three times is a fucking pattern. Look, if I could figure it out <coughs> by going and reading actual CNN articles from back in 2016 that said that Russia was using that information to target people, you would think that they would have remembered. Oh, shit. I remember what they were doing. <laughs> but no, no. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Normal, rational human beings would, but we're talking about CNN. I mean, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but it's not just CNN. It's Fox News, all of the all of the mainstream media. And uh, by the way, my video where I pointed all of this information out has been blocked on TikTok. Well, first it was shadow banned, and then I got a community guideline strike simply for showing the articles in which presented the case for when Russia was caught with their hand in the cookie jar. That when you sit here and you have people who go on TikTok saying that I'm going to the Ukraine 
and I need to raise money. And your reasoning is that it's already a nuclear war because you heard a story that turned out to be false. That it's already a nuclear war because they're nuke they're they're attacking the nuclear power plants. Not true. That fire that happened that everybody was so worried about. One, it's not Chernobyl. Two, they're way more secure. At this point, they've been designed so that if they were going to fail, they would burn into the earth and that would be the end of it. They're not going to explode. They're not going to go critical. And as the story progressed, in a 12-hour period, it went from, oh my gosh, it's in risk of melting down and it's going to have this nuclear hellfire upon all of us, to, yeah, it was the actually the the the... the vehicles outside of it and the nuclear reactor was never at risk you know what bothers me about a lot of people that are that are really touting that line the it's a nuclear war what bothers me is people like that couldn't be bothered to defend our own nation couldn't be bothered to take a stand when it mattered but now they're willing to go fight another country a country that is just as corrupt as Russia is. Let's be actually, honest. actually, it in terms of the amount of corruption, it ranks just higher than Russia. Oh, well, let's see. There you go. Neither one of them have their hands clean in this, but they're willing to go. And the whole reason, what's funny to me, is the whole reason they're going is because they would get paid for it. So they're sitting here touting that they're a sovereign citizen or that they have, you know, some moral high ground which they can pontificate from. When it comes to United States policies, but if they get paid, they're nothing more than a fucking merc. I don't have a problem with mercs, but at least either. they're honest. I would say I don't. I don't either. If they're in that for the money, but don't you know? Don't fem- feed me a crock of hoity-toity, holier-than-thou bullshit, and then go do you know mercs. Fair. Okay. I like, I don't, I don't have a problem with mercs. If you want to go be a merc, go be a merc. I'm not like, going to hold it against you. Just, the, just do it. The governments have sit here and have used mercs forever. Uh, as a matter of fact, some of the greatest guys that I ever met when I was deployed were, were mercs. As a matter of fact, there's one that's freaking famous as hell. But, uh. Oh, no, and, and I don't want anybody to think that I, I'm 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 pissing all over Mercs. I'm not. Y'all are at least honest about why you're doing it, but don't spew some kind of patriotic rhetoric and refuse to defend your own nation in a time of need, and then run over to help Ukraine simply because you feel that it's some kind of holy quest, as that's what you're telling people. But when we all know it's just for the fucking money. Yeah, it's for a paycheck. <clears throat> that 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 that's different to me. At least be honest about it. If you're gonna run over there for for the money, then say, "Hey, I'm all over here, make money." I mean, shit. The Ukrainian government said, "Hey, if you manage to get a tank or any armaments, you don't have to, you know, put it on your taxes." By the way, <laughs> my my son Arson read that, and he's like, "We need to go to Ukraine." I go, dude. He goes, "I want to blow stuff up." I go, dude. He goes, they're selling them on eBay. I go, we ain't got $50,000 to go buy one on eBay. He goes, oh, so can we go over there and get one? I go, you realize you have to steal it. Don't care. You realize that you're going to get shot at, right? 
Don't care. I won't <laughs> blow shit up. I said, how are you going to bring it back? He goes, shipping. If I sell it to myself on eBay, they'll ship it to me for free. I go, not a tank, bro. <laughs> so my son is trying to figure out how to ship a tank from Ukraine to Florida. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Tank. I could just see it. That's Doesn't what he matter. said. Tank. Doesn't matter, tank. You have to admit it's tempting. <laughs> Dude, you do you, I got an even better bunch, one. Steal a bunch of them and then sell them back to the Russians. <laughs> I got an even better one. The Ukraine is handing out weapons left and right to anybody who wants to fight. Just be the losingest motherfucker on the planet and just start shipping them to the United States. Because apparently it's okay if the populace is armed now, right? Right, apparently. With with fully automatic weapons, right? That's the rules now, right? That's that that rules for me or rules for thee, but not for me don't apply, right? I'm somewhere asking for a FBI, friend. Somewhere there's an FBI agent that's listening in going, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I wish, but I'll tell you what, it's kind of sad. Like when you sit back and realize, and I don't mean to touch this close to home, but, uh, kids arson's age are having to fight and I get in Ukraine. I know. Yeah. And I get why. And it'd be the same here. If we were ever invaded, I get why I don't like the Ukrainian government. I don't like the Russian government. But these people are fighting for their nation. Yeah. What happened to the, we fight governments, not individual people. Where did that go? Because TikTok, the, our own government, none of that seems to be that way anymore. Now it is every Russian. Every Russian is bad. Or you're either pro-Russian and then every Ukrainian is bad and you don't feel sympathy for any of them. I will point something out. I, I've been seeing this a lot, and I want you to see if you can make this make sense for me. Because you know how I feel about Q. All right, we're going to just leave that. I'm not going to go on a rant about Q. I know it's a miracle. But a lot of these people that follow Q and ascribe to the whole Russians are just, you know, fighting the New World Order. The change in their, their display pictures and the exact opposite of the, you know, I stand with Ukraine. It says I stand with Russia. And I'm saying, at what point do you realize that your hatred has made you into the enemy? Oh, wait. Here's my favorite. They're going over there to fight, or they're going over there to fight with, or Russia is going into the Ukraine to fight against the new world order and against child trafficking, right? Mm -hmm. Problem. If you go look at the agencies that fight child trafficking, do you realize that Russia scores worse on that score than Ukraine does? They don't care. That's a fact. They don't care about facts. They care about feelings and emotion. I'm just saying, if be consistent. They can't. Hypocrisy is their middle name. All right? Look, I'll call it as I see it. And we're facing it. It's hypocrisy on both sides. You know, they, they hate, you know, one side hates the fucking Nazis. So they're on, on board with Russia going after the asthma brigade. And the other side <laughs> is in love with the other side is in love with... Uh, oh, it's not Russia just Asimov. 
Well, I get that, but let's say so. You've got a lot of lefties are are happy with Russia going in to fight the Asimov Brigade. You got a bunch of people on the right that are happy that Putin's supposedly going against the new world order. I'm like, at what point do you realize you done fucked up? It's like I don't understand. So, should we talk about war crimes that are being committed over there now? You mean actual ones? Because invading a nation is not a fucking war crime. Yeah, actual war crimes. Okay, so I know the big ones, cluster bombs, right? Yeah, uh, that would be Russia. And <laughs> Russia doing that one, yes. But let's, you know what? I'm going to sit here, I'm going to put it up on the, I'm going to put it up on the screen so we can just look at it together. Because right. I have, I have a document that the about Ukraine's war crimes because they're not the only one. I mean, Russia's not the only one committing war crimes. As a matter of fact, some people could actually see this as a ju uh, justification for Russians' actions. You know, other than the fact that we basically created the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis for Russia. <laughs> But the fact that uh, Ukraine had talked about uh, equipping themselves with nuclear weapons, uh, you, that that's not going to sit here and make anybody sit here and twitchy, right? But let's uh, talk we, about, huh? Can we talk about that for just a split second while you're pulling that up? Tell me how us giving weapons, missiles to Ukraine is any different than Russia giving them to Cuba. It's not. So we basically just 60 years later replayed the Cuban Missile Crisis in reverse. Yeah, essentially. Whew. So, these are the whole truth about Ukraine's crimes in the Donbass. Right. We're going to sit here, we're going to skip past the introduction here. Right. The reason for Russians' actions, state Nazis and persecution and murder of Russian speakers. The Ukrainian army has been shelling the cities of DPR and LPR for eight years. Civilians are dying. And they were the ones that broke away. That they sit here and they decided that they were going to um, declare their independence. Because let's not forget... That in 2014, the United States decided to assist in a coup from a pro-Russian leader to a pro-Western leader in the Ukraine. Okay. So, I'm going to skip mm. past the pictures because you don't need to... We can't describe... The horror of the pictures. Now, these are all verified pictures. These just so you know. Yes, these are all civilians. So, <clears throat> in 2014 to 2021, in the DPR and LPR, the Ukrainian military killed more than 150 children. And even more were wounded. This woman and her child that you see in her arms were sitting in a square when it was shelled by Ukrainian forces. That is what she looked like. Uh, now, I just want to point something out. Now, these are not news sites to you or me. 
But war is an ugly thing. Right. There's so, no, no good or here, bad. Here's a good one. Russian-speaking people were deliberately burned in the House of Trade Unions. There was no investigation of the atrocity. In Odessa, during a mass rally against the new government, the pro-Western government, right? Radicals from the extremist organization Right Sector. Remember that name. Right, Band is in the Russian Federation. The so-called Median Self-Defense burned a tent city in Kulikovo Field. And after people took refuge in the House of Trade Unions, it has also burned. Dozens of people died. You can see them standing on the balcony in the picture here. Yeah, just more. And more. See, they uh, were volunteer attachments, right? Were torture, kidnap, and rape on the territory of DPR and LPR. You wonder why they went for, when they realized that Biden was weak and Russia could aid them, that they took the chance. In Ukraine, one can be beaten for speaking the Russian language. Dismissal for the Russian language and refusals to work. Right? These were sanctioned by the government. Right? They were recruiting only Ukrainian-speaking employees to his team. He noted that people did not speak Ukrainian. They have the right to look for work in other regions. People who cannot learn Ukrainian have a low IQ, so they are diagnosed as moronic. And we need to separate them. That is a spokesman for the government. They are socially dangerous. Ukrainian authorities legitimize persecutions. On July 16, 2019, the law on ensuring the functioning of Ukrainian language as a state language came into force in Ukraine. According to it, the service sector should switch exclusively to the Ukrainian language. It will be possible to serve the client in another language only at his request. In 2020, Russian language schools were eliminated by Vladimir Zelensky when he signed the law on full general secondary education, which eliminated Russian language schools in the country from September of 2020. May 24, 2017, Deputy Averkov Rada of Ukraine from the radical party Igor Muslis in discussion about language policy on the ZIK TV channel suggested focusing on the actions of Nazi Germany. <clears throat> April 24, 2018, Secretary of the Ukrainian National Security and Defense Council, Alexander Turkunov, published an essay on his website about how the classics of Russian literature helped to reveal the essence of the Russian soul, that Russians need a totalitarian form of statehood, and war has become a form of self-realization for Russians. On and on and on it goes. August 5th, 2020, Irina Farona said that the Russian-speaking citizens of Ukraine remained beyond the country's historical paradigm. Their historical homeland is Muscovy. I really want them to be comfortable there. They must pass luggage and go there. They shoot us with their language. The Ukrainian authorities considered residents of the DPR and LNR as scums. You want to know why they asked for independence? That is why. How about the fascist organizations that officially exist in Ukraine? 
A significant number of Nazi organizations were created in Ukraine. A trident named after Stefan Bandera in November to December of 2013, Triton served as the backbone of an association of right-wing radical organization called Right Sector. Sounds familiar? Mm-hmm. Formed during the Euro... Yeah, whatever. So the organizations of Ukrainian nationalists, the heiress of the Ukrainian nationalist political organization operating from the 1920s to 1950s. The militants of the organization actively participated in hostilities on the side of Chechen gangs during the conflicts in Chechnya. Now remember that, that Russia sent in a bunch of Chechens to try and assassinate the leader, right? <laughs> Ukrainian... Chechnya for you. Huh? That's Chechens for you, though. They'll yeah. go wherever the money is right. Well, do you want to know why Russia used the Chechens? Because yeah. they're, they're loyal to whoever hires them. Mm-hmm. And they're Muslims. A, lo- a large majority of them are Muslims. And they knew that it would set off the Ukrainian insurgent army, the UPA, a combat unit of the organization or of the OUN, was created by Stephen Bandera's associates at special conference in October of 1942. Representatives of the organization actively participated in the fighting on the side of Chechen gangs during the conflicts in Chechnya. The Right Sector is an activist association of national ultra-high Ultra-right organizations was formed during the Median in Kiev, uh, December 2013 to February 2014. It first became famous for its participation on December 1st, 2013 in clashes with internal troops and special forces of the Ministry of Internal Affairs of Ukraine guarding the Presidential Administration Building. As well as in the seizure of several administration buildings. In the UN report in 2016 on the same on the issue of extrajudicial summary and arbitrary executions, the right sector is classified as a violent militia that acts as an independent force due to official uh, connivance connivance Mm -hmm. at a high level and with almost complete impunity. It's very small writing. (laughs) These are some of the symbols. Any of them look familiar? Yeah, a bunch of them do. The party of integral nationalism and anti-Semitism. That is part, that is what they're called. The Brotherhood of Korchinsky, the leader, uh, Alexandro Korchinsky, is one of the ideologists of the right sector from 1996 to 2003. Korchinsky's uh, companies took part in military operations in Chechnya on the side of the terrorists. The Misanthropic Division. Go ahead. I was going to say, what, what's interesting is, you know, a lot of people are going to you know, say, this proves Q right, they're all a bunch of Nazis. I was going to say, we already know the war crimes that Russia is has done in their, their organizations. Oh, and we're going to cover those too. But I, I need people to understand in our audience that we're not picking a side because both sides are corrupt and we need to stay the fuck out of it. But we need to stop funding the Ukraine and we need to stop Funding, funding Russia. Russia at the same time and work and focus on the people. I don't give a fuck about the government. I don't give a fuck about their armies. I care about the innocent people that don't have anything to do with either side. They just want to live their fucking lives. Because at some point we decided that organizations were characteristics of an entire group of people. Oh, wait. 
you're a liberal. You must think like this. You're a conservative. You must think like this. No, I'm in the middle because I don't think either side is right. I'm a constitutionalist. Yo, our founding fathers told us that they didn't want us to get involved in the affairs of countries over the sea. Because it didn't do anything for our national security and put us in greater risk of losing our power. <laughs> Weren't they a fuck right? How about this? Death to Russia. Russian on the MD flag with a swastika with a lowercase letter. Heil Hitler. Misanthropic divisions have set up branches in 19 countries, including Russia, Belarus, Ukraine, Germany, France, Poland, England, and other European countries. The alleged leader of the organization, Dmitry Pavlov, and his associates propagandize racist and neo-Nazi ideas on social networks, call publicly for terrorism and extremism, incite hatred and enmity towards a number of nationalities, speak disrespectfully about the days of military glory and memorable dates in Russia related to the defense of the fatherland. Just remember that when somebody sits here and attacks your service or attacks the military of the United States. So let me get this right. For, for, for years, they've been calling Trump Hitler and everybody who voted for him as a Nazi. But apparently, the Nazis... Where are you going? No, keep going. I was look, wanted to look at something. The, but apparently, the Nazis aren't the bad thing in Ukraine. <coughs> so is it only their... Is it only their Nazis are good and ours are bad? There was a line right here that I wanted to see. Uh, and, and what's funny is you have liberals that are suddenly okay with Nazis. Oh, wait. I haven't reason. gotten to the best of the units yet. Uh, it's I wanted, in here. Yeah, there was one okay. I wanted to read here. It was a... They were talking about creating a, a language ombudsman. Now, in the United States, we have ombudsmen. But what they do is... They're like the the top end. They're the they're the person you talk to about certain things. Like uh, there are mostly nursing homes. Uh, they use it a lot for nursing homes or medical insurance to talk about fraud or if there's an issue that you have to fix. The ombudsman has the final word. And I saw that phrase and I was like, "This is insane." They are literally um, right there. It is. Uh, it was on the June 14th of 2020. The Ministry of Culture in Ukraine has decided on the candidacy of a new language ombudsman. Proposing for this position to extremely obvious uh, leave activist. Oh, my good God. I'm not trying to say his first name. Uh, Latinsky, who called the Russians pig dogs. Yeah. But it's the ombudsman. I was like, holy crap. All right. You can carry on. So Nazis in Ukraine is supported at the state level. Don't believe me? How about this? On June 13, 2021, a farewell ceremony for the former soldiers of the SS Division Galicia, Orest Vasco was held in Kiev. The Presidential Regiment participated in the funeral, the Azov Battalion, which is the one everybody knows of, but that's not the only one, right? Is part of the military forces of Ukraine, was in contact with an American member of the terrorist National Socialist Organization. We have the Azov's three-pronged movement. Right, I'm not going to go into all of those because 
it's not worth it, right? September 1st, 2021, the publishing house, the Verskid Rada, published the book, Taras Bulbaborovitz, We Cannot Stop Our Battle. The uh, laudatory edition is dedicated to the Nazi war criminal, commandant of the auxiliary police, Ottoman uh, programmist Bulba Borovitz. The book was purchased by the Ministry of Culture and Information Policy of Ukraine for distribution in Ukrainian libraries. At the same time, the book does not contain any mention of his participation in crimes against humanity and the extermination of Jews. So the number two reason for Russians' actions, Ukraine is being prepared for military attack on Russia, including the possibility of an atomic strike. The Ukraine had opportunity and desire to create its own atomic weapons and use them against Russia. On February 19, 2022, at a conference in Munich, Zelensky announced his intention to terminate the Budapest Memorandum. It is the only document that prohibits the development, proliferation, and use of nuclear weapons by Ukraine. In 2015, Secretary of the National Security Defense Council of Ukraine, Alexander Turkunov, answered the question about the possibility of creating a dirty atomic bomb and said, we will use all resources we have, including to create effective weapons. In 2021, the ambassador of Ukraine in Berlin, Andrei Milinsk, said on Deutschlandfunk radio that Ukraine needed to regain its nuclear status if the country could not join NATO. According to the Russian nuclear physics uh, physicist Alexander Borovsky, Ukraine is capable of creating a dirty atomic bomb using the existing capacities, the material for which can serve as spent nuclear fuel of nuclear power plants that exist in Ukraine. The nuclear power industry of Ukraine is represented by four operating nuclear power plants, including 15 power units of various types. Chernobyl nuclear power plant is also part of it. It's not fully deactivated at the moment. Just so you know. Uh, we're going to skip by that. Uh, foreign nations are pumping Ukraine with weapons for offensive purposes and not for the defense of the state. Jesus we have Christ. been, yeah, we have been giving Ukraine, NATO has been giving Ukraine weapons since 2016. Uh, I would say 2014, but 2016 is the earliest that I could go back. Right, paperwork-wise. In addition, in January 2020, the United States officially allowed Estonia, Lithuania, and Latvia to supply American-made weapons to Ukraine. Estonia planned to transfer a certain number of Javelin anti-tank symptoms, and Lithuania and Latvia planned to deliver portable Stinger anti-aircraft missiles. Damn. Right? To Ukraine. Another supply of weapons from Estonia was blocked by Germany. However, they were the D-30Z howitzers in the Czech Republic. In addition to the infantry fighting vehicles, 40 self-propelled air units, 177 heavy machine guns were bought. In Poland, 100 recoilless uh, were bought, probably SPG-9, and two ship gun mounts. The reason for Russians' actions number three, Ukrainians are being manipulated into hating Russia. The West needs it for political, economic, cultural, and military advancement to our borders and the weakening of the Russian state. That is what they believe. I'm not going to argue whether or not that's a true statement, but that is what they believe. And belief carries a lot of weight. But if you think about it, 
all wars are because greed. You either want something somebody else has or you want to protect what you have. Right. No, I can't. I can't argue that. And then I have a whole bunch of leader of the justice movements, ministry. I'm not going to cover all of these because we'd be here forever. Right. But let's do the most recent one. How about February 22nd, 2022? Former Minister of Defense of Ukraine, Pavlo Klimklin, named three things that Ukraine needs from international partners to protect itself from Russia. The ex-minister said that Ukraine must respond to the aggression of Vladimir Putin. Right? Uh, February 24th, the world community can and must stop Russia President Vladimir Putin. It was stated by the Minister of Foreign Affairs. Ukrainian journalists and public figures are biasing Ukrainians aggressively against Russians, which is propaganda that we talked about earlier, so I'm not going to go into the examples. Uh, let's see. The Western politicians are deliberately developing Nazi movements in Ukraine to create hatred for Russians and direct military threat. The West condemning Russia not only does not notice fascism in the United States, but even financially supports it in order to foster hatred of Russians. I can see that. Oh, no, I can definitely see it, too, because, I mean, from a strategic point of view, it's easier to win a war by proxy. If somebody else has to have all the sacrifice, all the pain, and all the, the destruction, and you reap all the rewards, that's an intelligent way of going about it. The problem is that we put ourselves in a situation where we can't back out. And we gave Russia no way to back out, because the way Russian society is... Is that if the oligarchs believe that Putin is weak, somebody's going to try to take him out. And it's not helped any by the fact that we have sitting members of Congress who are telling the Russian people to take him out. You if you wanted to prove that the West hates you as a Russian, look at what they're doing and look at what they're saying. I, you know, I've always held to the fact that we don't, we don't do that, right? We're supposed to be better, right? And then Lindsey Graham, I'll, I'll put it right out there. Lindsey Graham makes a statement stating that the that the Russians, the Russian people should do their duty and assassinate Putin. I'm like, how the fuck? <laughs> like, that's going to help. And then we give him $20 million, right? Right. And now we're talking about... I, I do want to mention this, though, just because I think it's interesting since... You know, Biden says we're going to sanction Russia, we're going to stop buying oil from Russia, and that the whole reason we were cutting it off is because it's a punishment for their actions to make it uncomfortable for them. And I'm sitting here going, that's funny, because that's what you did to the United States 24 hours after you were elected. Fair. You know what's crazy, though? <clears throat> you know how we've been begging, you know, let's secure our own country. Oh, it's too expensive. Oh, we don't have the manpower. Oh, we don't have this. Oh, we don't have that. Do you realize that they gave $20 billion to Ukraine? That is enough to completely fund the border wall construction three times. Uh, they don't. Do you get it yet? They don't oh, care. Have. Not don't not care you. I'm, I'm talking to the audience. They don't okay. care about us. They never have. It's not about anything other than control. They're going to collapse the American economy any way that they can. If we hit $150 a barrel for a prolonged length of time, our economy is done. 
if we sit here and they will sit here and squeeze the supply lines, the dollar will collapse, the economy will collapse, prices will go up, you will beg for their control. You will beg for the chip. You will beg for the vaccine. You will beg for anything that they say because you want to keep your family fed. This is why we stress that you need to prepare. This is why we say you need to focus not on what's going on in the rest of the world, but on yourself, on your skills. Have you heard about the Freedom Convoy? Well, I have, but we've been paying attention to it. It's not been... It's not like the Canadian one. No, but one thing I want to point out is... We tell you to, to focus on yourself and take care. But another reason that we actually go over a lot of this stuff, like what's going on in Ukraine, is because there's nothing new under the sun. Fair. And what you're seeing happen right now is what will happen here. If I could be honest with you, I, I, I look at Ukraine and Russia conflict and our involvement in it as nothing more than a test run. If you want to know what's going to happen to the United States, go look at Venezuela a couple of years ago. Yep. When it collapsed. How they were eating dogs. They were eating pets. They were eating each other. They were eating whatever they could eat so that they could survive. That is what is coming here. Be prepared. It's coming. And they've already warned you. Just like they warned you when Fauci sat here and told you that there was a pandemic coming and he told you in 2017 within Trump's watch. They're warning you again. There is a cyber attack coming. That is why the country is on high alert. That is why they want to do the Bitcoin investigation team, which is why they want to sit here and go work on cybersecurity, all of these places, because they're going to shut it down. There will be a cyber attack. And it will shut down and it will hurt the American people. And the government who's got our backs is going to go declare a war. Somewhere. Not where we need them to. And that'll be all she wrote. But then again, I mean, war has always been the, the classic power Distraction? Graph. Well, it's a, yeah, it, it keeps you distracted from... What's really going on? What's going on in our own backyard? How many people have actually paid attention to some of the laws and stuff that's been passed? Now, let's set that aside for a second. I want to ask you a question. When's the last time you heard about fucking Fauci? He's missing. I don't yeah, know he's why. Just, he's just poofed, gone. Hey, Cyrillix. Well, you saw what the headlines of the newspaper said, right? Collaborate closely with the National Socialist Greater Germany under the leadership of the leader Adolf Hitler, who creates new order in Europe and the world and helps the Ukrainian people to free themselves from the Moscow occupation. I, I want to just point this out that we're not trying to, to pick sides, but I want you to know that <laughs> Ukraine is just as bad as Russia when it comes to a government. But the people now are fighting, and that's, I think that's the biggest difference. There's a difference between fighting an invading force and being the force invading. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I love the Ukrainian people, and I love the Russian people. I don't like their governments. I think they're both corrupt. Russia has committed war crimes in this. They're, they're, they're dropping cluster bombs. They did drop a thermobaric bomb, which is what we would know it as the Moab 
but they call it the FOEB, the father of all bombs. bombs. Because Russia has to at least one up. (laughs) They're they're dropping them. We have video evidence of them dropping them in Ukraine. The problem is, is that they're not only dropping them on Ukraine targets, they're also dropping them on their own troops. Well, see, Russia has something... Russia and China have something that the United States will never understand. They will sacrifice their own troops. They would nuke their own troops. See, I still believe that the troops that we're seeing in Russia or in Ukraine right now are their throwaway troops. Yep. They were the ones who sit here and were like your National Guard men, you know, the people that haven't seen combat before, right? The the ones that get the rental equipment. Can right? we just call it as it is? The cannon fodder. fodder. Yeah. That they're cannon fodder. And that because they've only moved half of the troops that they had on the border in. And and it looks like Ukraine is putting up a good fight and we're cheering for you know the people of Ukraine to stand in that defense and all of that stuff. And yet half of the troops of Russia are still on the outside. I find that awfully suspicious. <laughs> That's suspicious. That's weird. January 1st on my birthday. Oh, God, I didn't realize I actually shared a birthday with Bandera. <laughs> That's wonderful. And on and on it goes. They call him a hero. You know what's sad? Hmm. People like Stefan Bandera actually were a hero for what they did. They did a lot of bad things, but they helped certain people. It's like um trying to think of how to how to word this. It's like what we've done before. Where we go into places like Afghanistan or Iraq. What we what we did is we helped a certain group of people. A certain, I guess, minority group or majority group. However, we we went with one certain group of people and we elevated them and we helped them and they think of us as heroes and we trashed the rest. And Bandera did that for Ukraine. And and I hate to, I'm not condoning his behavior at all. But all these people are going, I can't believe they would like a Nazi. He was the only one that stood up for a good period of time and helped the Ukrainian people. Well, okay, it's... I mean, I'm not saying it's good, but I, I say I kind of understand where some of the people come from because he he actually tried to do better for Ukraine, tried to make Ukraine um, more prosperous and help them out. That's why they remember him that way. Because he did something that is not inherently wrong, and that's he put Ukraine first. The reason why it is different. Dictators very rarely come out as dictators. Let's take the example of Austria with Hitler. When Hitler first came into Austria, right? He didn't come in with tanks and guns and all of this stuff, right? He came in because they were in an economic downturn. He came in promising them all of these things. We'll use a modern day verbology so that people will understand i will pay for all of your health care i will offer you free college i will give you universal basic income 
I will sit here and I will be your Santa Claus and I will give you everything you want. All you have to do is, all you have to do is vote me in. And then it was, it's terrifying because they always use the carrot first. Always. And then it was, well, we need to register all of the guns. Because people are committing crimes with these guns. We need to know where they are. And then when that didn't work, they said it didn't work. We need to take the guns away so that the bad people can't have guns. And because you registered them, we know who has the guns. Then they didn't have boating accidents nearly as much as they do today. <laughs> because they didn't know. So then they sit here and they said, then they sit here, I sold mine to all of mine to Tony Smith in Texas. Just saying. So, uh, and Charlie Brown. Okay. And uh, so I sit here and they sit here, they came in and they promised all of these things and they wanted to control it. And then once they got you to comply, then they squeezed. Because then they had you. And the stories that come out of Austria who thought they were heroes, what they were promised, that they were coming in, and, and employment went up. And then employment was mandatory. And then they took away the handicapped. Well, let's look at the progression here. They offer you a couple of things. And it's always the same. At least two of them are always the same. They offer you comfort and security. Yeah. Just put on the and chains. By the time, yeah, by the time most people wake up, it's too late. Just put on the chains. I'll take care of you. I'll make you feel safe. I'll protect you. Which is exactly, by the way, what the United States told Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what Russia told Ukraine. Let that sink in. Russia told Ukraine. That if you hand over all of the nuclear weapons that you you have that we put in your country, if you turn them all over, we promise that we will be responsible for your defense until the time was right. And then that comes to number three. Huh? That comes to number three. Yep. Security, comfort, and then your own agency. Yep. And that is the state of the world as it is right now. We're not saying that the Ukrainian people are bad. We're not saying that the Russian people are bad. We're saying that government sucks and they're cancer. Don't believe any of them and don't believe, don't believe the media. They've already had a report that came out three times that talked about deep fakes. And don't believe Q for God's sakes. Do your own research. That's my biggest thing. I want you to do your own research. I want you to figure things out on your own. Don't take Odin's word for it. Don't take my word for it. Go out and look this shit up on your own. See, I'll respect you if you have a basis for your argument. And I think that's what you and I run into a lot when we're especially in Freya's lives. Because we would, I would respect some of these people if they had a basis for their argument. If they just weren't regurgitating whatever else they've heard. Yeah. Like you chose kindness. I love you chose kindness. I do not always agree with him. 
but he comes at you from a position of he he's researched it and sometimes it's a little skewed but it's his opinion and he's figured it out on his own yeah even though he drives me crazy with the whole vaccine issue yeah but i still love him i do too we need to get him on one of these you choose kindness if you see this get a hold of get a hold of him I would say get a hold of me, but everybody forgets my username, and I'm okay with that. I'm just going to do, we should just do a video, be like, hey, we got three people. We're <laughs> looking for three people. One of them is you chose kindness. One of them is Red Dad, because we can never figure out when he's available. <laughs> hmm. Who should the third one be? You want to get them all at the same time? No, we can do them once or two. Actually, it would be nice if we could get a bun- uh, a couple of people. All together and just do one big forum that would be on cool. a topic. It would be maybe we cool. should do that for you know. I know we're doing the roast, right? But for one of the YouTube lives, we need to sit here and get people. However, they seem to be cracking down rather hard on our YouTube channel. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I think we finally ruffled some feathers. Well, apparently, I'm not allowed to talk about COVID nineteen. I'm not allowed to talk about vaccines. I'm not allowed to talk about uh election fraud which that's not usually what we talk about so it must have been from the council so yeah we do talk about the vaccine a lot on the council no no no, no. they specifically said that it was the election one is when the last one got taken the ones before that were about COVID 19 but i can clip those parts out and put them back up so yeah i i want to say this i love what we do with that I I love having the it's kind of like an open mic night. We we have a lot of interesting conversations. We're not ragging on each other. Fair. And that is something I miss from a few years ago. Where you used to be able to have liberals, conservatives, constitutionalists, libertarians, everyone could have a different opinion. They could get together and discuss it rationally. You miss that? I do. What's well, when... like... Go ahead. When uh the summer of love was happening, and we were, uh, I was a moderator for a couple of different YouTube channels. And we could sit here and have debates on, man, this is crazy. Are you watching this? And we get debate and, you know, the reasons why I could go back and forth. But we could have an actual debate without going, you're a monster. You're a Nazi. You're a blah, blah, blah. You're a blah, blah, blah. Where the attacks weren't personal. They were based off of substance and issues. Well, we attack people's positions, not their person. Right. And I think it's sad because even now, you and I usually, when we, not every now and then, I, I'm an asshole. And like that video I did earlier, that video was not to not to wake that person up. It's because I've, the girl made a comment about, um, you say you take a bullet for your country, you didn't say a, you didn't take a, a, a you wouldn't even take a needle for your neighbor. Right. And I told her like at the very beginning of the video, and I, I actually got a message back from her saying that I was wrong, but she appreciated that I did not, you know, belittle, demean her. I did not, I wasn't disrespectful. I wasn't offensive. And then you've got that ranger pipsqueak that pops up and the first words out of his mouth are, let me be disrespectful to you. At that point, when someone starts a, a conversation like that, you know me. I have that asshole nature. I'm like, all right, child, let, let me slap you down. I'm attacking your person. I get it. I but get normally, it. You just can't help yourself. I know. 
But normally, whenever we go, whenever we're talking about something or we're responding to a video, it's not about the person, it's about the position. And I think people forgot that. And what they also forgot is the ability to disagree and still treat the other person like a fucking human. Well, it's like you and me, we don't agree on everything. We agree on a lot. Let's not lie about that. But there are some positions where we disagree on how to get there. But that doesn't mean I respect you any less. In fact, if anything, I respect you more because you have a position. You know what you're, you know why you have that position. You can back it up and you're willing to discuss it rationally back and forth with me. Right. Hold on. I'm going to make you lose your shit. Oh, great. Is this going to be a rage initiates? I thought we were supposed to be doing a philosophical. This is a philosophical. But we've been recording for over an hour. So I just want to do something to set you off because it's funny. (laughs) Is this going to be one of those existential questions? No. Oh, no. (laughs) 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 You're wrong for that. (laughs) Yep. I was not by the way if you ever wonder where I get some of those I get them from cue boards you know not because that was funny as hell and I don't want to I don't want to detract from that but have you noticed over the last couple of months you and I were both talking about it the last couple of months you've noticed that that the cue boards have gotten more and more racist I have, and it is disturbing. It's like the further you go down that rabbit hole, the the worse it gets. Yeah. Well, this didn't turn into really philosophical. We kind of just discussed, you know, how shitty Ukraine is. (laughs) Well, okay. I mean... We want people to understand that there is more than one side to any issue. And the reason we didn't focus on, on, uh, the reason we didn't focus on, uh, Russia, Russia is because everybody knows Russia. Oh, here's a unknown war crime that a lot of people skip over when it comes to Ukraine that both sides are actually guilty of, but Ukraine specifically because everybody wants to sit here and pretend that they're not. Here you go. Ready? Ready? (gasps) A war crime, one of them, is you are not allowed to parade POWs and exploit them for propaganda purposes. Okay. Both sides are guilty of that one. Fuck, we do it with the people in Gitmo all the time. Fair. Well, I mean... Oh. Go ahead. I have another one for later. I just find it interesting that people forget that history is written by the victor. Fair. I. Suicide. Killed more people. 
Yep. I, I, I get that, but it's the there's a number there's a number there that I don't I don't like. So I, I understand yeah, I understand that uh that this is from Australia, but I know a lot of people get it twisted and they they think that I don't care about the kids because some of the things I've said about Ukraine. But looking at a statistic like that, and the top cause of death in 2020 in Australia for children ages 5 to 19 was suicide, 299. And 99 of them were aged 5 to 17. Five. Five to 17. Like we're... In the face, and here's what bothers me about the COVID so much, and why I keep fighting against masks, I keep fighting against the vaccine, I keep fighting against the fucking fear, is we are literally driving our children to kill themselves out of terror of a disease that has a less than 1% mortality rate, and it's it's higher mortality rate when you realize that we're forcing them into depression, we've, you know, failed to teach them, you know, recognizing facial expressions, it's like that video, uh, the, the video I showed you guys that I, I did the duet of with uh, Patriot Mama. Right. From Canada. And the guy said, you know, big strapping beast of a dude. Breaks down crying because a little five-year-old saw him without his without his mask. Yes, yes, yes. And he's I think you have a, he's like, I love your face. And he asked a question that, that hurts me in my soul. It's like, what have we done to our children? We, where they think that, you know, it's. This this fear, this this control, this massive psychosis has destroyed the next generation. In a yeah, way that psychologically it, we have damaged them to a point where we have yet to understand. Yeah, and I don't think it's I don't think it's reparable. Yeah. All right. Well that's enough fucking waxing poetic now. All right. So with that being said, I'm Odin. <laughs> this is Tier. Thank you for joining us on another, wow, this one was kind of depressing, episode of Winter's Call Podcast. Until next time, take care. The preceding podcast is brought to you by Heimdall, Keeper of the Bifrost.